Welcome to Freedom Matters Today. I am Michael J. Sutton. This is Freedom from Fascism, a Christian response to mass formation psychosis. It is week five, part six. The theme for this week is mass formation psychosis and religious conceit. The topic for today is, is Jesus a footnote to faith? I have written a letter to fascists. I would like to read out my letter to fascists everywhere. Dear fascists, how are you? I hope you're well. I have a few things to say so you're clear about where I stand. Jesus is not a footnote to faith. He is not the footnote of my faith. He is the end of faith. That is, he is the purpose of faith, the object of faith, and the one who makes faith possible. He is the way not just to God, but from God. When he says to his disciples that he is the way, he is talking about himself, and I hope that is clear. The most important thing in my life is not your political party or your politics or your culture war. I don't care about left or right or up or down. They mean nothing these days anyway, and political affiliations make no sense in the world you've created. Not everything in the world is about your political agenda. People will weary of your fascism. It will not sustain itself. It will eventually wither and die or be consumed by fire. Fascism always is. A society based on politics is without meaning. The result will be exhaustion as people squabble and fight over the crumbs under the table. The future for many people in the world you have created is a world of censorship, indoctrination, brainwashing, factionalism, jealousies, dislocation and introspection. As people question their motives, their thoughts, their values and their souls against the latest truth proclamation from people in power. Where the goalposts change every day and the rest of the world watches on. Be prepared for a world of anxiety, fear, distress and abuse. It will not be an easy ride. A world where propaganda controls everything will lead to a dark world, not light. Jesus is not a footnote to faith. He is central to life. Remember that political democracy in the West, what everyone says is under threat, though it's long gone, has only been around for a century or so. Remember also that Christianity was born when the world was ruled by a dictator. It was into this world that Jesus came. Jesus did not promote democracy or political freedom, but he did speak of freedom, and he did actually bring it. But it was not the realignment of political virtues, but a freedom of the heart, the mind and the soul, available to all as he is the way, the truth and the life. Freedom is not new. It is not owned by democracy. It predates the rise of America. It is ancient. The people of the past were not stupid, or inferior, or uneducated, or unwestern. They were just before us. Some of their societies were incredible, culturally rich, sophisticated, beautiful, and edifying. In some ways, they were freer than we are. They would laugh at us today and our silly arguments over freedom in the West, and they would say, we were talking about this thousands of years ago, and you talk about it as if you own freedom or something. The Western link between democracy and freedom is classic misinformation. It's fake news. 
Dear fascists, I know you mean well, but deceit is not the way to run the state. It's far better to be honest about why you're doing things and the reality of life. Eventually, we work it all out. We know we were lied to about Vietnam. We were lied to about Agent Orange. We were lied to about the war on terror and so-called weapons of mass destruction. We were lied to about indigenous people. We were lied to about many things, but for most of us, we were duped at the time. We were victims of mass formation exercises or propaganda exercises by people in power. I know in fascism people need to be controlled and manipulated through ideas, words, phrases, fears and anxieties. COVID is just the latest example of that. I'm aware of your goals and plans, but let me tell you about mine. I have three. The first is an open Bible. Jesus is not a footnote to faith. The first goal is to have people open the Bible and read it for themselves. They are to make up their mind. I don't mean attend a church-approved Bible study. Most church Bible studies these days are a complete waste of time. They're inculcation factories, and these Bible studies reaffirm prejudice and destroy dissent. They're instruments of abuse. These studies employ the techniques of embarrassment and threats of exclusion to make sure there's conformity. The typical Bible study since the 1970s has been comprehension-based with a series of prearranged questions that have a particular goal. They are led, there are answers that the group are meant to gain from the text, and there are right and wrong responses. Instead, we should let God speak through his word. Another way to read the Bible is simply to read a passage and reflect upon it and let God speak to us through his word. It is to respect what others say when they read the same passage. God speaks through his word in different ways. There are often many things that one can get out of the same passage. The Bible often contains more than one point, and there are often many treasures to discover. To prevent others from hearing what God is saying is trying to stop God from speaking. We need to trust God and trust his word. The second thing is everywhere Christianity. Anyone can organize these open Bible studies and they can occur anywhere. Why not start one at a restaurant or a bar or a pub or a hotel or even your home? Why meet in a church building and give Christian fascists more people to abuse? Set them free by letting God speak to them on his own terms rather than your own. I hope for everywhere Christianity, a gathering of Christians in every cafe, every restaurant, every shop, every space, everywhere, all the time. Jesus is not a footnote to faith. He is central to our lives. As I've said, the church on Sunday is not the church. It's not approved in the Bible. The church is not a place, but an assembly of people. Any group can be an assembly of Christians, a gathering. Whenever two or three are gathered, that is church. That is assembling in the name of Christ and Jesus is present. You do not need the authority of your priest to do this or the authority of the government. You have the Spirit of God if you believe, so go out into the world, into your community and take the gospel to all the people there. They will never enter your church building. I'm sorry. They never will. The third thing that I'm interested in doing is rediscovering Jesus. Christian fascists are easy to spot now. I hope that through these reflections you have been able to see the differences between a Christian and a Christian fascist. A Christian is someone who will obey the Lord, 
and be a faithful citizen. A Christian fascist, on the other hand, will undermine society, start culture wars and holiness crusades, and end up abusing people. If you're in the government, you should know the difference. There is a difference. One is stable and one is unstable. Anyone who talks about the culture war, public morality, church traditions and beliefs, the importance of sectarian values or points away from faith and a personal relationship with God the Father and Jesus Christ whom he sent is a Christian fascist. Many churches are crawling with people who do not believe in God and who are there for every reason except the one Christ ordained to be a gathering of prayer and encouragement. Dear fascists, Please reform the church for the sake of the nation. I will encourage Christians to stop supporting these institutions of abuse and create their own ways of gathering and praying and encouraging. As I've said, Christians make the best citizen. Christian fascists make the worst citizens because they mix politics and faith. In fact, they can't tell the difference. Most churches could easily become self-sufficient financially, but they're run by men and women who are inept, incompetent and bad with money. Many churches could be self-sustaining, but instead are money pits. Many church workers could find real employment and still be effective in their Sunday worship services. Most buildings could be more effectively rented. Sadly, the only way forward for real reform is if you, in the state, come in take over these reforms and bring about reforms in particular in the area of taxation. As much as I dislike fascism, the only way to save the church from their addiction to money is for you, the government, to step in and fix it. But there is a cost to fascism. While we will live in peace and obey the law, do not expect us to prop up your society or cover up your mistakes or fight in your wars, or play games in your culture war and your reimagined history. We are returning to the Bible, we are returning to prayer, and we are returning to a faith where Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Sin is the disease and Christ the cure. We seek the peace and prosperity of the nation, nothing more, and as far as it is possible, we will seek to live at peace with all people. Christian fascists are not Christians. The only thing of any importance to us is the good news of Jesus Christ and the freedom that comes from knowing him and knowing God the Father who sent him. Because Jesus is the way, the truth and the life, we have freedom from fear, freedom from guilt, freedom from shame, freedom from sin and death, and freedom from prejudice. Christian fascists are not Christians. They are trouble. You should know that. You needed to buy them off during the pandemic. Their costs will go higher and higher. Already they're lining up for their so-called religious freedoms. How much money do you have? They want it all. After all, money is their God. We stand for the truth, and this truth is not a set of doctrines on what to do or rules to follow, but this truth is a person, the person of Jesus Christ. Stop telling us what our faith is and telling us what we ought to believe as Christians. Stop telling us what rules as Christians we ought to believe and follow. Stop using the Bible to promote your political ideology. It is unwise, it's foolish. 
Stop telling us what God wants us to do. We do not see your name written in the Bible. We do not see your ideology or your democracy or your fascism or your nationalism in the Bible. Jesus we know. Moses we know. Paul we know. Peter we know. John we know. But who are you? Truth is a person. And for me it makes sense that this is the case because it takes the emphasis away from me and what I might believe or say or do and places the emphasis on Jesus, what he did, who he is and why he came. What we think of Jesus is the heart of the Christian faith. It is the heart of the good news, and it is the heart of the mission of God's gathered community around the world. Everyone needs to make up their mind about Jesus, who he is, what he did, and why he came. This is essential. People need to decide about Jesus, not about anything else. And those who insist that the Christian gospel is not about Jesus but something else are promoting a different gospel entirely. Our faith is about another. It is not about us. Our faith is simply a trust in another. Jesus, who was sent by God, came from God, and is God, so that all who believe in him might have eternal life. This is the gospel. This is plain and simple. It is not complicated. And it puzzles me why Christians make it complicated and confusing, unless perhaps they fear that the gospel may in fact be true, that God accepts everyone if they believe in the Son, and though we love to tell others about Christ, we are often selective in the people we would like to enter the kingdom of God with us. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Saying that truth is a person is not a new thing to say, and I'm not the first person to say it. In fact, the first person to say it was Jesus himself, when he said in John chapter 14, verse 6, that I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am glad Jesus is the way and I am not. We will continue to pray for the nation, fascist or not, and pay tax as we should. But answer me this, dear fascists. If their Bible tells them to pay tax out of love for their nation, why do you let the churches off the hook? Surely, everyone needs to make their contribution to the nation out of love for others. The churches are addicted to their money. Only you can help them. You will be following God's will as well as serving their best interests. Maybe with less money, they might think more of the God they pretend to believe in. Yours sincerely, Michael J. Sutton Remember, Freedom matters today because you matter to God. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can read this podcast as a blog if you turn to freedommatterstoday.com and you can find all the other entries at Freedom from Fascism, a Christian Response to Mass Formation Psychosis. Please join me tomorrow for another episode of Freedom Matters Today.